podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mark Shorten. Now, as promised, I wanted to go through some sleepers and busts in preparation for your drafts. So I'm going to split this across two podcasts. I'm going to start with my busts, and then I'm going to start with my sleepers. So you've downloaded the draft guide then this won't come as too much of a surprise to you um, because I'm pulling it straight from there. Um, but if you haven't, maybe this is going to give you a little bit of a, a taste as to what's in the draft guide. Um, so as I said on the last podcast, so I've got 12 bus, I've got 20 sleepers. I've just pulled five from each. Um, so to get us cracking... Um, and again, this is for category leagues. So the majority of the leagues that I play in are category leagues. So a lot of what I talk about is category leagues. And yes, there is some correlation with points leagues as well. But someone who is really strong in a points league may not be as strong in a category league and vice versa. Um, someone who, so let's say somebody like Russell Westbrook, who has got ridiculous counting stats, um, is a lot more valuable in a points league compared to a category league, as well as the first guy that I'm going to say, who is Zion Williamson in in points leagues because of his ridiculous field goal percentage, his strong boards and his uh, really high points. He's quite valuable. He racks up the points there, but whenever it comes to category leagues, which is what I'm going to talk about, he just doesn't cut it. So for Zion, and the reason why I'm off on Zion is because Yes, he's going to get you in the region of 25 to 30 points a game. And yes, those are all going to be dunks. So they're going to be, he's going to be at, you know, 60 or 70% field goal, which is just ridiculous. The last time he actually played basketball, he was still only ranked the 68th in per game value. Um, so that's, that, that is taking into account his injuries. Um, so per game, every time he was on the court, he only ranked up. 68th um, in per game value. That's due to his lack of threes, his horrible, horrible free throw percentage, and he gets to the line as well. It's not as though it's horrible on two attempts. It's horrible on decent volume because he gets hacked whenever he gets in there and underwhelming defensive stats. The He, he doesn't really assist too well either, but the thing that is stopping Zion from taking that next step is... In my opinion, he's not hes not going to be a guy who's ever going to stretch the floor. Um, he's not going to be a guy who's ever going to put up really strong free throw numbers or free throw percentage. Um, it's going to come down to the defensive stats, and it's going to come down to whether he can go from one steal and, and one block a game to 1.5 steals and 1.5 blocks a game. If he can do that, then yes, we, we have ourselves um, some fantasy goodness there. But right now, we haven't seen any of that. We've seen little spurts of him doing it and him not doing it. Um, the part of the, in my opinion, part of the issue of why Zion struggles whenever it comes to that is because it takes him a little bit to get going. Once he goes, he's quick, but it takes him a little bit to get going. So those intercept um, or, or, or getting the ball and cutting it off in the lane is makes it a little bit tougher for him to get the steals. So do I think that he can go from 1.0 to 1.5 or 1.3, 1.4, 1.5? Yeah, I definitely think that there's a pathway for him to do it. Like he, he did it in college. Is 
and there is some really nice highlight reels to support that. Um, is he going to be drafted in category leagues in like the second, third, and fourth rounds? Probably yes. Um, which means that it's just too rich for where I think that he's going to land. Um, I think if the stars align, he's going to be a top 50 player. But he needs more than the stars to align for him to go from top 50 to top top 30 to top 25 to top 20. Um, and I think that there's too many people taking him with their second and third picks. And I just think that that is a recipe for disaster. You add to that, and yes, he has dropped weight. You add to that that he has missed so much basketball that they and they need him for playoffs. So if there is an injury, he's going to sit. Um, if they want to sit him in back-to-back sets, I wouldn't be surprised. If they want to manage his minutes as the season gets on, I wouldn't be surprised. There is a lot of red flags in Zion Williamson's game that puts me off the green flags, um, which is why I just can't take Zion at a second, third, fourth round. I have to wait until it gets to the seventh or eighth, and he's not going to be there, and that's fine. Um, but I'm just not willing to take that risk, which is why I think Zion is a prime candidate to be a bit of a bust this year. Um, another bust is for me is, is Michael Porter Jr. Um, I won't be taking him pretty much anywhere unless it, unless he falls past 100. Um, and someone will probably correct me here if I've got the type of injury wrong, but back injuries in college, missed the entire first season with back injuries, played the second season, missed um, the... I think played again his third season and missed pretty much all of last year with back injuries as well. So, what... Uh, two out of his five, sorry, two out of his four professional seasons have been almost completely stopped with back injuries. Missed with back injuries in college. Um, through his four NBA seasons, we're only looking at a total of like 130 games. Um, I just, I, I'm just really concerned. Again, it's not dissimilar to Zion Williamson. When he's on the court, he puts up good numbers. Um, Mike Porter Jr., to be fair, if, I think if they were both healthy, I'd be taking Porter Jr. ahead of Zion. He just has more to offer fantasy-wise. Um, but I just don't see him getting healthy or staying healthy. And, again, Denver need him for the playoffs. Um, they've shown that they can get there without him, but they're going to need him for the playoffs. So I think that he's somebody that you got to got to avoid. Um, as I said, the upside is there. The the skill set is there. He's a, a player who's going to get you close to 20 points, six boards, a block, a couple of triples, good percentages. Um, but it's just a matter of how long he does that for. Um, See, so yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about Michael Porter Jr. and I am not going to draft him because of that. Gordon Hayward. Well, I've got a bit of a trend here in terms of just injuries. Um Gordon Hayward is somebody who manages fantasy managers are going to like this year because Miles Bridges is the jury literally the jury is still out on Miles Bridges and whether or not he plays this year. So until we get 
any form of an answer on that. Um, there's a little bit of ambiguity around who is going to perform for Charlotte in terms of fantasy. I, I've got a couple of sleepers who I do think are going to perform. Um, Gordon Hayward's not one of those guys. Um, I think even if Bridges is out, Gordon Hayward is not going to be the guy. Um, re- there's a few reasons for it. So, A, injuries. Um, we we all know he's got a, one substantial injury that, um, that took him out for an, an entire season and then some. But even without that, um, we're looking at 145 games in three seasons. Um, and I just think that the ceiling isn't even there, like what you've got with Azan, like what you've got with the Michael Porter Jr. Um, in the last four seasons, he's only finished um, in the top 75 once for total value. Um, so where you're going to have to draft Gordon Hayward would likely be in the fifth, sixth rounds. I just don't see him being able to return value on that position. Um, I, as I said, I like some other guys in that spot. I like, um, I like PJ Washington more. I like McDaniel's more. I like Martin more because where you're getting, where you have to draft those guys compared to where you have to draft Gordon Haywood is like 50 or 60 spots, potentially even more. Um, and the risk just isn't there at that point. So I I don't like Gordon Hayward this year. I don't I don't think he's going to stay healthy. He's getting another year older. He's already missed games. I just don't see it happening. A um, couple to end it off here. Um, that will be probably a little polarizing. Um, RJ Barrett is a player. A player in fantasy that I've never truly loved. Um, he puts up a lot of shots. He gets, you know, 20, 22, 24 points a game, but he does it on high volume and really low percentage. His shooting from the line is also incredibly poor. Um, I think that there is going to be a lot of managers in your leagues that look at 20 points and six boards with a couple of triples and think the middle rounds of their drafts are getting an absolute bargain there. Um, but in, if we're talk, looking at total value for category leagues, um, and again, you, you, you take into account percentages, you take into account um, triples, boards, assists, steals, blocks, points, turnovers. You take into account all of that when you're looking at the total value. And RJ Barrett hasn't cracked the top 170 in the last three seasons. Um, I I just don't know if you can take... I, I just don't know why somebody would take RJ Barrett uh, earlier than the 10th round whenever... They're really hollow stats. Contributes nothing on the defensive end or very limited on the defensive end. Um, really poor whenever it comes to percentages, as I've mentioned. 
His saving grace is that he's going to get yeah, 20, 22, 24 points a game. They've got Jalen Brunson, though, this year. So it, are they going to take the ball out of his hands a bit more? Um, is Are his shot attempts, like he's not even, he's not doing it efficiently. So if his usage is down and his shot attempts are down, does that also mean that his points are down? Um, you'd probably say so. Um, I also I also think that there is a player, uh, a couple of players on his team again that are later round guys that have just as high upside that I would much rather take for the position that you're taking RJ Barrett in. Um, so I, I definitely see the appeal, especially whenever it comes to points leagues. I definitely I get it. I understand why people want to draft RJ Barrett. Um, but looking at it from purely from a numbers point of view, purely from a value point of view, RJ Barrett's not that good. Um, he hurts you more than he helps you. So if you're going to take RJ Barrett, keep in mind that he's going to hurt you in both percentages. You're not going to get anything from him um, on the defensive end and his his points may very well drop with um, high usage guy like Jalen Brunson coming in. Um, and then... My fifth guy here, um, and as I mentioned from the start, there's a few here that that are probably easy to talk about, um, probably easy ones to fade. But again, another polarizing one. I'm going to go with Karis Levert as my fifth bust for the podcast. There's another, well, there's another seven in there um, for the draft guide purchases. Um, so, Karis Levert, I am concerned about. Um, I think a lot of people are going to really like him in this Cleveland offense. I think he's going to come off the bench quite a bit. And to be honest, I, I do think that will really help his numbers. Um, I think that he is in line for per game value. I think he's in line for a decent year. But as is the common um, trend with the majority of the players that I've spoken about here, over the last four seasons, games played, 58, 47, 45, and 40 games played. That is not great. Um, Yes... They haven't been in some good in some great teams. Yes, this is probably going to be one of the better teams that he's played in um, in his career to date. But that could also mean that if he gets some sort of a little rolled ankle, tweaked knee, something that he spends a bit more time on the bench than he would previously, so that they can keep him fresh for the playoffs because the Cavs are going to the playoffs. Um, as I said, per game. He's going to be fine. He's going to be good for 17 and 4. He's going to get your steal. Um, he's going to get your triple. Um, he is only a 73% shooter from the line for his entire career, 43% from the field for his entire career. So the 43% may not hurt too much. Um, the 73%, if he's coming off the bench and his volume's not there, may not hurt too much. But Unless, again, unless you're getting Karis Levert later than what you um, 
would like, um, unless you're getting Karis Levert, the back end of your drafts, so we're talking probably 80 onwards. Um, I think he's somebody that you need to fade. It's it's tough to take somebody that you don't have full confidence in whenever it comes to injuries. Depending on what your, your league setup looks like, if you've got unlimited um, IR positions, injury reserve positions, go for it. If you have extended benches, go for it. Like if you can cover them, go for it. If you're in weekly setups where you're setting your weekly lineup on a Monday um, or the first day of games played and you're not touching it until the start of next week, I think it's really difficult to take guys who are injury prone because all it takes is them to miss or to roll an ankle in the first game and you know they're not coming back. So that's something that really concerns me. Um, On the flip side of that, though, there, there is a spot for every single player. Um, I wouldn't be speaking about these guys unless they were being drafted. So if you like Karis Levert, if you like Michael Porter Jr., you like Gordon Hayward, you like Zion Williamson, um, just make sure that you're drafting healthy players around him. Um, there's no point taking two or more of these guys. No point drafting Zion in the third, coming back with Gordon Hayward, uh, Michael Porter Jr. in the fifth, Gordon Hayward in the sixth, Karis Levert in the seventh. Um, because per game, that could be that could be okay. That could that would probably be a decent team. Um and probably not a team I'd want to play at the start of the season because again, they that will be strong. But if I'm playing them in the back end of the year, I am going to be pretty confident that two or three of those guys are going to be out. Um because the history shows that they have missed time. Um, so I, again, I'm not somebody who I'm more risk adverse whenever it comes to fantasy basketball. I truly believe that the best ability is availability. Um, and if you can get someone for a five game spell, that is a lot better than getting someone over a two or three game spell over a course of a week. It's, it's just simple maths. So be very mindful whenever you're drafting players with a decent injury history, um, players who have missed time in the past. Don't get too sucked in on their per game value because you've got to look at their total value because unless you're playing one or two weeks of the season, you need them there for the entire, for the entire year. Um, and God forbid one or two of those guys goes down at the exact same time. You're going to have to make the call whether or not you keep them and hurt you moving forward or you drop. Um, so again, proceed with caution. But again, more of this in the draft guide. Coming back with my sleepers in the next podcast. Um, I was mindful that it was probably going to be 20 minutes on bus, 20 minutes on sleepers. So I didn't want to bore you guys with 40 minutes worth of me talking. So I thought I'd split it over a couple. But um, as I was saying, that's five bus coming back here with five sleepers. In the meantime, if you do want the draft guide, all of the information is in there. All of the players are in there, plus a hell of a lot more. Um, 20 bucks for the full draft guide, 11 bucks for the short chart version. But until next time, until next time, don't forget to rate and subscribe.